Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. And today, we're excited to have special guest Sean Keen from CNET. Sean, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're very excited to try and find, uh, what would you call it? maybe some common ground for us to sit down and discuss as we talk oh, about Steven. this episode. <laughs> well, but it's funny that there's a, there's a gentleman I listened to, a blues guitarist named Tommy Castor. I think he's got a song that's also called Common yeah. Ground. Well, that's what we're here to review. Yeah. So, Tom, can you give us a review of the song Common Ground? Um, there's a lot of common ground in it. Um, it's a good song. It's oh, perfect. Boy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So well, now we'll all give it ratings, and uh, that's it, right? William, I think. No, no, we're, we're, you've got one quick announcement for yeah. us. Yeah, no, we're, we're excited to have you, Sean. Thanks for thanks for joining us. This, uh, we've been, I know we've been talking with you uh, off the air about the Bad Batch, so we're excited to get your thoughts on the show as well. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, real quick, before we dive into our review, just a quick um, programming note. Uh, we're going to be out for, we're going to take a break on uh, some episodes just until the end of the month. So it's about four weeks or so. And we'll be right back around June 30th with our next episode. Uh, and then we'll, don't worry, we'll, we're going to catch up because I know Bad Batch is going to keep rolling. We're, we're bummed we're going to miss some of them and won't be able to have them you know, every week as the new episodes air. But we will catch up yeah. in time for the the season finale. So uh, we're I'm excited. Like I think there's a lot of, Awesome stuff coming up with the show. We'll talk about it at the end. They, they've uh, they've announced some of the episode titles. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, at the very end of the show in case people want to skip. So, yeah, it looks like there's going to be some really cool stuff. But we're just going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, I know we all have some travel coming up. So, uh, yeah. With that, let's, uh, let's dive into the episode. Tom, what are we going to be talking about today? All right, so we're going to be reviewing tonight The Bad Batch, Season 1, Episode 10, Common Ground, directed by Sal Ruiz and written by Gershman Sandu. In this episode, again, very, very, very vague synopsis, The Batch has their ideological challenge. And that's the one thing I picked up about this episode, because, man, they now have to shift their way of thinking. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, I, I'd love to get um, your thoughts, Sean, uh, on the you know the Bad Batch so far, and some of the things they're doing overall in the show around like the Empire and how the clones' ideology keeps being challenged. What what have you thought of the show so far? Well, it's been a while since the Empire has been a major factor. I think, yeah. um, mm-hmm. like obviously, it's it was more about Crosshair chasing them before, and maybe it's because they're still clone troopers that I don't quite think of them as the empire mm-hmm. um but it feels it feels like they're kind of they're managing to stay ahead of the empire um it, it's been excellent and i love the stuff with the crosshair but uh yeah it's it like it was seeing them adapt and change um because like the republic isn't no longer exists and who even are they without the republic it's been fascinating Mm. Yeah, and and you know, Cad Bane, 
amazing or awesome? <laughs> Those are the only amazing two choices. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that was incredible. And like, I like no fan failed to freak out when they saw him. Um, and they used him magnificently. And mm. well, so this episode felt quite different to the previous mm-hmm. two. There weren't quite so many, you know, major lore drops right. or cameos, but still thoroughly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And I think episodes like this are important. It felt like one of the um, the Clone Wars episodes where there was a little bit of folksy wisdom going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's quite charming. Yeah, I, I felt when it came to this episode, it was the typical Dave Filoni. We're going to give you a break before all heck breaks loose. Yes. And it definitely advanced the story. We got to see what's coming with Omega in this. And I really loved in this episode the the inner conflict between the batch and you know we're going to go help a separatist well guys realize they're gone it's not they're not the separatists anymore technically you can look at them as part of the the growing quote-unquote rebellion that's going to start happening because that's that's gone you're not republic anymore and you're not you know it's it's all changing and i like this dynamic and this is really setting up What's going forward? I thought this was a great episode for that. This one is one of the things I'm really. We talked about this at the beginning of the show, where you know we never got to see the transition from Republic to Empire. What did it mm-hmm. look like for the Republic Army to become the you know the stormtroopers and so on? Uh, this is another you know a very super interesting story that we've just never really explored before. We have a large like you know intergalactic nation in the Confederacy that is was in open rebellion effectively and has been subjugated and we've and we have been associating them as the bad guys and it's i love this kind of mixing of like no this isn't uh this is a little bit different like there's i mean i it you know the ideology is being challenged we have to figure out you know and redraw the sides And, and i think what helps this is the episode starts on the former capital of the uh confederacy on raxus so it's really diving into that that now this is the quote unquote rebellion against the republic and now they are subjugated under the empire yeah and i mean yeah i think yeah any many really the empire didn't care if they were previously part of the separatists or not right they're right. they're going to they're going to impose their will and you're going to like it and and that's it and you know as as we were starting to talk about earlier the bad batch the this, this series really has, I think, three major plot points now that it'll touch on. The episodes either seem to be about uh, Omega, which we just came off of, and I think it was uh, that that really part was exciting, but it sounds like there'll be a little bit of a break on that right now. There was uh, the whole how they're handling Crosshair and the conflict there, which also somewhat crosses over into the third major plot point around um, the formation of the Empire. Mm-hmm. And even if we don't get, you know, it'll it'll usually focus on one of those three, and sometimes multiple, but usually, you know, one of those. And I just loved how you get to see, you know, how the how the batch have to deal with, you know, one one actually, there's two there's two aspects to it. One, how the batch deal with helping a former separatist, and two, even ignoring the fact that they were previously part of the the the, uh, the separatists, how the empire is forcing a planet to do their will, and specifically forcing senator the senator in this case senator avi singh to um 
to kind of endorse and go along with all of the empire's new restrictions, their their curfews, and the fact that, oh, it's everything's going to be great, don't worry, it's going to be perfect. And we see right at the beginning, and I, it, I wish I could, it, it's only, it's hard, because we only had like 22 minutes, right? I wish we could have gotten mm-hmm. a little more time and seeing, you know, the the conflict with the senator because he, he makes the choice very quickly at the beginning of the episode. And you you kind of see that internal monologue and he starts to go along with it and then makes a decision. It would have been nice to see some of the buildup before that. But still, we, we immediately see, you know, him decide not to give in to the Empire and instead risk his own life to tell the citizens, I don't agree with this. They're forcing me. Right. And it's a fascinating dynamic. It's something we've we've seen in the books, we've seen in in other things, but we haven't really seen as much on uh, on the screen. Um, the, the the bit where saying at the very start um, that that internal conflict, like I think the animation really shone through there, mm-hmm. like the beautiful scenery. It all looked incredible, um, but like even the his character model and the way you could see the uncertainty and you knew which way he was going to go or he did it, which was really impressive. I thought. I love the, the scale they had there too. Like it was, that was a pretty good sized crowd to animate and show and like having the ATTEs, you know, show up also just really drove home that the empire is not okay with many of these things. Yeah. And I I think for a second there, sorry, sorry, Sean, I think for a second there, they showed the crowd, at a certain point, cheering that, yay, this is all different. But then when they realize that things were wrong, then the crowd's just like, wait a minute. You know, this is kind of a way why we rebelled against the Republic in the first place. But now it's harsher treatment. Yeah, I was so sure the ATTEs were going to knock over a pillar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe that would have been a step too far. I I had a lot of questions about the wisdom of ATTEs in this episode. Okay. I, you know, we're going to go to the very end and then we'll come back. Okay. Uh, All right. So the Bad Batch, you know, they've rescued the senator, yada, yada, and they're making their escape. And so how do they do this? They jump in the slowest moving <laughs> Like, you, we saw multiple times people running faster than the ATTE was moving. But... That ATTE like took a rocket and right. got right up and, and after they repaired it a little bit and just kept on going. But right. you know what helps to also not get hit by rockets is to not be there right, right. when the rocket is fired. <laughs> they it's, did. I mean, I guess had they it, hopped in the ATTE a little bit faster, maybe Captain Bragg wouldn't have seen them and they could have escaped because they, they wouldn't have known they'd stolen the ATTE possibly. I don't know. But yeah, it was unfortunate timing. <laughs> It, it just made me laugh because it's just like, oh, it's it's so it's like there's this really cool uh, like chase sequence they're trying to do. But it's it's a little bit made a little bit worse by like, oh, it's just going to going to go slow. OK, we're just going to mosey our way on in. OK, but how often have we seen an ATTE really in that kind of action? I mean, you are looking at sure. their version of a, um, you know, a, a tracked tank that we have mm-hmm. today. But. Even our tanks of today, yeah, they're a lot faster, but with the amount of armor that that, that ATTE might have, and, and like we said, it took a pretty good hit and was able to survive. So, yeah, yeah, and I think um, let's touch more on the the whole infiltration 
there you know i think because the the escape there's like a big the big set pieces they're trying to escape the city and then they're able to get out pretty quickly through the there's some great fight scenes right but then they, they end up getting mm-hmm. out but the, there's the whole the whole uh, sequence where they actually have to get in to the uh the center i think it's the senator's compound um i don't know for yes. for sure it was yeah it was the senator's compound because it was the droid that was able to get them in there because yeah. the droid knew the the layout Right, and actually that was cool too because like the this the droid GS8 um, gave them like the 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 codes to to land on Raxus and and then of course they realized they're working for a droid which I think just kind of adds almost insult to injury because the batch they spent their entire lives fighting droids fighting mm-hmm. the separatists and now they're taking orders from a droid on a the separatist capital rescuing the senator of the capital of the Confederacy of Independent Systems like right. It's like the absolute worst possible mission for them as far as, uh, you know, I'm sure they just, well, as we see, Tech tech hated it, he kept, as he kept repeatedly saying. Um, yeah, like it, it's tough. Like, this is, I mean, we, we see this in the real world, too. Like, how do you go from an active conflict into, like, no, we, like... It's actually, you know, we're not fighting anymore. There, there are bigger enemies at play now, and what do you do? Mm. I think it was Echo that repeatedly uh, voiced his... Oh, sorry, you're right. It's Echo, yeah, not it Tech. Echo. Yeah. Thank it you for the correction. It, like, it makes a lot of sense for him to feel that way because they basically ruined his body. Right. The mm-hmm. And he doesn't... Like, he's not going to make the distinction between, like, Wat Tambor and, like, this random senator. It's the same group. Right. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, one of the problems of these kinds of political uh, divides that you group people together. You don't make those distinctions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, so, thoughts here, on... Oh. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, thoughts on Raxus. It's really cool to see Ra- the, the, the planet Raxus again and, of course, the, the, the capital uh as well um the raxalon that's what that's the name of the capital um we previously saw raxis in season three of the clone wars heroes on both sides that was the episode with mina bonteri padme's friend and i i I completely forgot what raxis had looked like from the clone wars and so when i was watching the trailer for the bad batch for a brief moment i it almost looked like the exterior of the jedi temple in like the trailers yeah. Believe it or not, I thought the same thing. I thought it was Naboo. Oh, I could see. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, very briefly. It's that kind of you know that that it, that that old style city mm-hmm. setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, the like the the coloring on the the architecture was different. Yeah, but it's cool. It's, I don't know. I, I liked seeing Raxus again, and the the scale of the planet was was great, and even the whole um, just the way you saw the architecture and the the world as they were trying to infiltrate the compound, I just thought was very well done. Mm. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it kind of reminded me of the uh, Star Wars Lego game, I think, uh, episode one through three. <laughs> yeah. When you were trying... Yeah, it, it reminded me just a little bit of that, but I, I didn't see any well, Lego that, Like you said, the, the, the Naboo connection, right? Um, yeah. 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 So I, I was going to say, what did you... Okay, so Sid is the one that basically gives the bats their mission to go rescue the senator from Raxus. Where do you guys think she's falling in line with what's going on? I suspect she is a agent of the rebellion or will be. 
That Anybody makes, else? No, that that makes sense. That she has some connection to the the rebellion because it's not a rebel alliance just yet. It's mm. I guess the nascent rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I kind of I get the feeling too. I I really do, because to a certain extent she is, and and the batch has to trust her. But it does seem like, especially in this episode, she is kind of looking out for Omega. A little bit, you know. But it, I mean, it does get that feeling. She, she, I don't know. I guess she's. I think she says it in the episode. She's looking out for Omega only because she she wants to get paid back. Um, right. and you know, Hunter, he doesn't trust Sid and of course she says, you know, you're right not to trust me, but like she has a financial stake in protecting Omega. That being said, she right. doesn't have to be nice to Omega, right? Well, she immediately makes nice. Omega start doing chores, cleaning the parlor. She immediately starts kind of insulting, uh, Omega calling her helpless and, uh, and all this stuff. And it's really not until she sees that Omega can be used that she even kind of changes her tune toward mm-hmm. toward Omega. Well, okay, but also she treats the Bad Batch, you know, kind of almost the same way by calling Hunter dark and broody, you know, or bandana or, you know, tech goggles. I see those I as mean, more like nicknames, though, than... I don't know. I think she, yeah, she definitely respects the rest of the Batch a lot more than Omega. And part of that's because she's a kid, you know? Right. Um, but... I kind of liked it when uh, Bolo and Ketch uh, in the parlor, the two the two people who are always in the parlor. I don't know what, like, what do they do otherwise? Like, they just spend okay, all day we, in the parlor. <laughs> we, we had that same issue with the guy from Resistance that I yeah. want to cosplay because he sits there and drinks the whole time. Exactly. But I, at least, at least I, they called her out. I don't know. Right. Yes. Yeah, the, it was kind of surprising that they had that much kind of character to them because they just seemed to be looking to fight each other the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And with the weak way there, I just get this feeling one of these days, we're going to have Hondo come walking in. Whenever I see one of those pirates, I always just want to start thinking Hondo's going to come walking through that door at some point. I wouldn't be surprised if Hondo showed up in this show. Yeah, Yeah, neither would I. I mean, they got got Cad Bane, and Hondo's much more likely than Cad Bane, I feel like. Yeah, it's got to happen, right? Like, I would would be more surprised if it didn't at this point. Hmm. Um, Sid continues, I think, to be a standout character in the show. Though I think she's amazing, and just the the dialogue—not the way she treats Omega, but like the, you know the dialogue and everything else—is uh, just so well written. I think Rip Hermon's doing a great job um, mm-hmm. voicing her. Um, yeah, and so it's I think it still made the whole sequence entertaining, especially when you know. She starts using Omega. What, what were your guys' thoughts on the uh, uh, the whole Dejeric tournament, Sean? But uh, when Omega was winning because she has a little bit of the Force in her, I am convinced that she's there's something else beyond her just being um, like like the Boba Fett sister. Um, I, I don't know. Between that and like her knowing Crosshair was coming in the premiere, mm-hmm. it just sense to me. We'll see. I just I still don't see it. When I I think watching her play Dejeric, I think she's more of a tactician. I think she's got that more of that ability to think through 
very technical problems and find solutions to get out of it. I still don't buy the whole force sensitive thing. I just don't. If, no, uh, the only fight, reason fight, I'm, I'm fight. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, go ahead. You. The only reason I've latched onto that is because she knew Crosshair was coming in the premiere. It, it just it that stuck in my brain. Well, I I I, I guess I'm going to live up to my name as being a doubting Thomas, but I just I don't see it that way. Okay, maybe you know Han Solo had dumb luck. Maybe it was that case when it came to to Omega. It was luck that she felt crosshair coming or something like that. But it just feels like with this, it's more of a tactician or or a tactical uh, mentality that I think is going to play out more than anything else. If if yes, just based on the Dejaric tournament, I'm inclined to I'd be inclined to agree. Yeah, and yeah, maybe it is a little both. But like, how do you top? How do you top Boba Fett? Boba Fett with the Force, right? <laughs> you know, like that. So I don't know. I, I could see it maybe if they wanted to make her stand out a little bit more. But I don't. I don't actually know which side I fall on, right? Um, I don't know. She's she's clearly very smart and mm. very tactical, and that's. I mean, that's kind of one of Hunter's things too, right? He's kind of the tactician um, and uh, the tracker and that sort of thing. And so I guess we'll see. You know what she. What happens to her next? Like Hunter kind of promises at the end that he won't leave her behind ever again if she wins. Right. But we never see who wins. I mean, she's going to win. Oh, yeah, she's <laughs> going to win. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, and what, one, one other aspect to kind of to, to throw in the whole Force-sensitive thing. Um, when we were first introduced to Hunter, Hunter has um, – um, he's, he's the one that's got the more um, – the, the more sen- uh, hyperactive senses, if uh, I'm trying to find a better word, mm-hmm. but he's he's more sensitive to his surroundings. And the way that I'm seeing Omega is I get this feeling when it comes to her, she's going to be picking up different things from each of these f- f- from the batch because that that's her. Yeah. So I don't see it so much as force sensitivity. I think she's picked up that kind of sense thing from, you know, Hunter she's kind of picked up a bit of the tech thing when, when you, well, then again, she was on Camino, but um, you know, when she was in that one lab, she was able to get all that working in. So that's how I see things working out. Not so much being force sensitive. I think, yeah, he go, he go either way. Oh yeah. Um, but now that she's paid off the debt, like in one, one episode, I was actually surprised by how fast it happened. In one episode, she managed to win so many Dejeric tournaments that she's now completely paid off the batch's debt in full. I I can't decide if that just means their uh, debt was that low and they're that bad at completing jobs to pay it off, or mm-hmm. they just want a bunch of money. Yeah. Do, do you think they'll continue working for Sid now? Because like, the whole reason they had to work for Sid was to complete the jobs. Now, uh, I mean, they want to protect Omega, but there doesn't seem to be a reason to stick around as long as, um, as long as Wrecker and uh, and Omega can stop eating Mantel mix. <laughs> I I think they will, is my guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still not, I think, particularly well equipped to. Uh, interface with the rest of the galaxy without being uncovered quickly. 
Right. I think that perhaps they'll now be able to work with her as an equal versus, uh, yeah, I guess we got to pay you off as fast as we can kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The debt plot line was never particularly prominent or mm-hmm. strong. Like they mentioned it, it was a few throwaway lines. Uh, and I was surprised that it got paid off just like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't something I was particularly concerned about. Um, but yeah, it, it, it seems likely that they'll stick with her. Like it, it's worked as a hiding place so far. Yeah. Right. There's a character in the, the episode we're kind of leaving out, and that's uh, the Senator's droid, GS-8. What did you think of, of that? What did you think of the droid? Because it, it was a prominent character in this. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty funny, honestly. I thought it, it worked nicely. Like, she, striking uh, that balance between annoying C-3PO and not annoying C-3PO, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it does. Had a bit of so, attitude. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, the um, so that like the droid with attitude always strikes me. I can't remember where this was. Oh! Uh, point. Um, <laughs> and there is the droid with attitude. <laughs> <laughs> the droid with attitude doing a very impressive dog impression. Wow. Yes. Um. So the the whole droid with attitude thing uh, doesn't it spring from like if they don't have a memory wipe often enough? And I'm not sure where this was. Oh, that was. Oh. Yeah, that was previously, I think, in maybe some of the books and things. Yeah, but... and I felt like that that's what happened with, like, 3PO and Chopper that they got, and, and or two, I suppose, that they got quirky um, mm-hmm. as a result of not getting a regular memory wipe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe just GSA but, needs to be wiped more often. Possibly. <laughs> but the, the thing that I really liked was the, again, we're looking at the conflict of the badge, we're actually working with a droid. Mm. They were surprised that their contact was a droid. And a couple times, I think I might have been Hunter was surprised that they were working with a droid when they were actually before all this fighting droids. Yeah, it's just another part of the uh, the change they have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's there was the whole there was the whole uh running through line in, in this episode about the the vase the priceless vase which I, it, it's fine i guess it didn't really do anything for me it, you know it's they almost break it it mentions later about oh i saved your precious vase for you and then of course the center just chucks it later and <laughs> completely shatters it um well he didn't like it anyway no no he didn't he didn't and then yeah. the and, and that was okay you know i didn't it was like okay, I guess fine, whatever. Um, and uh, and of course, there's also the joke where like GS8 is like used as distraction, and then, um, you know, then gets too excited the next time around and wants to be a distraction again and causes problems. I don't know. It was it was fine. I guess I guess the those two didn't really. I didn't. I just didn't love the way they were incorporated in the episode. They just felt like I don't know. Not, they weren't that funny. I guess they, or just. But really, that's the only thing I guess I would say I didn't like about the episode as much. Mm-hmm. I just didn't really feel like it landed quite as well. Yeah. Um, so, so now we basically have a point to where how's the bad batch going to start moving forward? Because they have this conflict of 
they may every once in a while, I would imagine, are going to have to go after some of these separatist people and rescue them because now it's the empire that's replaced it. I think I think they're realizing that the the separatists are or these foreign people maybe aren't quite as as bad or now they have more they have more in common now than they used to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I I'd like to think maybe they would dive into this more, but I suspect this is probably about as far as we'll go into this. And and they'll, mm. they'll I mean, there's only six episodes left in the season, and we don't even know if there's going to be another a second season. I mean, Sean, I think you were the one actually who broke the news about the season length, and it seems they've been pretty tight lipped about the future of the of the series. Right, yeah, I, I imagine like a new season, like reveal will come, like maybe in the latter, or more, I guess, later on or close to the end or mm-hmm. on the finale. That would be a pretty typical move. Um, Do you think it'll get a second season? It's really hard to know. I would say it, it like the conceptually, it has legs. Yeah. Uh, like, and there's a lot. Of, I feel like there's still a lot of ground potentially to cover. Like. Will we see Boba Fett this season? Uh, and I'd like to mm-hmm. see him interact with Omega over a period of time rather than mm-hmm. like just one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because we're running out of time now. Like, there's there's not yeah. a whole lot of time for Boba Fett. Boba Fett, where? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I I, I do agree. Maybe? I think there's room for a, a second season. I think the big question will be: Did they design it to be a single season series like some of the Marvel shows? Mm-hmm. It would not surprise me if they've left uh, hooks in. So maybe like they've hinted enough of Boba Fett that they could e- very easily not include him in this season, but bring him in in season two and have him be a, a driving force there. Perhaps driving some of the uh, you know with some plot points from the Boba Fett show that'll be coming later this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, between that and like and and Fennec Shand, it makes sense to like have a few points for the Boba Fett show to pick up from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, it'll it will be interesting. I would love to see it get a second uh, season. I think there is where they place the show. There is definite story they can tell. You know, I mean, at some point, if they continue it further they could run right into star Wars rebels or we could see something in that respect. Yeah. So, but it, it all depends on, and and I really hope they stick with a mentality of if we have a good story, we can tell it well and not, not have it go over, let's say run its course and it gets old, tell the story, make it good and get out. I'm happy with it. I feel like that doesn't happen as much with streaming shows. Like, I feel like that was more of a network television thing, you know, mm-hmm. where they dragged out season after season. Right. And, yeah, it got a little bit sad towards the end. Whereas these, like, the streaming shows tend to, they they run their course pretty quickly. Um, yeah. What, what I would love to see, even if, like, if this was a single season show, I would love to see them, like, have, like, I, I don't, like, event series, like, where they could use, they could revisit unused Clone Wars arcs. Like they could show us that Cad Bane, mm-hmm. Boba Fett arc, mm-hmm. just just like four episodes or whatever, and that's it. That would be yeah. really cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I think there's a lot of potential for different series here. Mm-hmm. So. Well, should we get into our ratings? Yeah, I'm good. Um, who wants to go Tom, first? Tom, you want to take things off? Kick things <laughs> off? Why me? <laughs> um, I know. Well, I know why me. But um, after I watched the episode. Yeah, I'm right. I was totally ready. <laughs> well, because honestly, I was getting into this. When I watched the episode last night, believe it or not, when I got done, I knew the exact rating for this. I'm giving this episode an eight. This episode, I think I've said at the top, this is a typical Dave Filoni episode to where it brings, it kind of gives you, it eases you out of what happened before. It's a nice, quiet episode that has some good moments that advances the story, but sets you up for what's to come. Because if William said in the last episode, uh, when you did that interview, uh, that they said, hold on to your seats or hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in, in the Star Wars universe. I paraphrase something. So I think that's what's going to happen the rest of the, the season. So this was a good set up. Um, and I enjoyed it. And I... I am really, I have to give props. Rhea Perlman as Sid is just killing it. I am loving that character. Mm -hmm. And I would love, you know, love to see her more, but I'd love to see where her backstory plays out going forward. So I am giving this episode an eight. I am taking my eight Womp Rats. And the the one thing you, you, you missed at the Jarek table yeah, it was kind of Omega that was doing the, the, the winning, but underneath it, there are the actual eight Womp Rats that every once in a while, they would kick the opponent in the leg to kind of make them not think about their next move. So they were kind of helping Omega cheat just that little bit. And and whenever the new guy came up, the next Womp Rat stepped up and kind of kicked or bit his leg or you know whatever to kind of get them off their game so Omega can win. So, yep. Nice. Uh, I can go next if you want. I'll, I'll give it, uh, I'm going to give this seven and a half Womp Rats out of ten. I thought it was an enjoyable episode. I loved seeing more of how the Empire is forcing planets to cooperate and how they're starting to uh, rebel against, you know, the Empire. Uh, it was very interesting to see what happens to Senator Avi Singh. Uh, does he show up again later? I was trying to see if we'd see, I was looking to see if we'd seen him before, but no, he's, he seems to be a new character. Um, but he, he had that moment, like, do I stay on the, on Raxus where as they were leaving, he decided to go and we see him in Sid's uh, parlor at the end. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with him. Uh, and I, I'd like to be able to see more about Omega. We get some more hints about what, maybe what her special ability is. Um, at least she's a brilliant tactician or at least good enough to get back all of their, repay all their debts so a lot of good stuff overall um i think uh you know but i think i would give it a seven and a half out of out of ten you know it's not groundbreaking necessarily but it was a it was a fun it was a fun episode and i also just really loved seeing the um i really love seeing the how the throughout this whole episode the badge kept using their blasters on stun against all the clones something we've seen repeatedly um, and uh, it kind of shows that even though the batch may be fighting against the Empire now, they're they still kind of consider the the clones their their brothers. And they're not they don't want to no. kill them. 
So yeah, I'm gonna do seven and a half one parents out of ten. My seven and a half one parents are actually the ones controlling the interrogator interrogation droid that um, or Doctor Ball that uh, 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 that was about ready to interrogate the senator before the bat showed up. Steven, you want to go Fascinating. next? Sure. So I, I think I'm going to land at uh, seven and a half Womp Rats as well. Like it was just a, a solid, enjoyable episode. Like you, I really appreciated just a peek into this side of the kind of transition period between uh, episode three and episode four. Um, I'm actually reminded a lot of Rebels and that Rebels did a lot of work on the other end of this spectrum showing like, hey, how do we get from uh, a series of individual people who are unhappy with the Empire into a larger rebellion? Um, And then now we're kind of getting the other side. How do we go from the Republic, which was a largely benevolent kind of organization, into Mm -hmm. the Empire? What does that look like? How does the transition happen? And I hope we see more of that uh, throughout this season, although we'll have to see. Um, yeah, and with my seven and a half rock rats, well, um, you see there were also, uh, there's a whole other side C plot, you might call it. That was, they originally had in the episode that got cut. Um, and in that, the bad bunch, a group of womp rat, uh, ex, you know, soldiers had to rescue a womp rat senator. Uh, and they, they thought it was, you know, they had a much better plan. They, you know, broke the womp rat senator out of prison and then they just ran and they got to the ship and they left. Uh, no, no slow walkers involved. And so it was a much faster experience. Uh, and so they, you know, they just cut it on the editing room because they didn't feel like it had as much drama to it, you know. I'd watch that. <laughs> uh, so would I, but, you know, apparently Dave Filoni disagrees. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> nice. Well, I think that so, leaves you, Sean. Uh, I am going to also say seven and a half Womp Rats. Uh, I thought this was... Very solid. Um, probably not one that's going to stick in my brain, but I liked Senator Singh and mm-hmm. I loved all the stuff with Sid and Omega. I like with kid characters, it's so easy for them to be annoying, and she never ever is. I think it's it's just a testament to Michelle Ang's performance. It's it's excellent and the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'm I'm so intrigued by her, and it's like it's not just because she's Boba Fett's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's mm-hmm. just phenomenally interesting in her own right. Um, and my seven and a half Womp Rats, they also escaped Raxus. Uh, they were under Senator Singh's tall hat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really liked his look uh, between mm. the hat and the facial hair. I thought he looked really cool. Especially the monocle that was off the bill of his hat. Yes. I thought that was just, it, it took me like a couple seconds to realize it's it's hanging off his hat. That was so cool. Great design choice. Yeah, he he's a cool he's a cool character. Yeah, he really is. And I'm excited to see more of him. So, yeah, I think that about wraps it up for us. Um, I am. Uh, this was this was a lot of fun. Oh, actually, before we before we close out, I forgot. Um. Two things. One, of course, coming up on Ion Cannon, we have The Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 11, and this time we actually have a title. It's called Devil's Deal. Disney um, actually announced the set of titles for the all of July. So we have wow. De- Devil's Deal. Uh, tune out, actually, if you don't want to hear the episode titles, but they're not that, uh, they're not really that spoilery, but they have, there's Devil's Deal. That's the next 
episode. After that, in two weeks, we have Rescue on Ryloth. That sounds very interesting. I wonder, could we see a young Hera? Possibly? Uh, I mean, I, go ahead. I could I could see it. We've yeah. we've already done uh, you know, a young Kanan. Why not a young Hera to go along with it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have episode 13, Infested. Wonder what that's going to be about. With womp rats. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. The womp rat infestation. And wasn't you can only a, assume. Wasn't there a Clone Wars episode? Uh, wasn't Barasophi and Ahsoka involved in something in which there was... Oh, God, I'm trying to remember what it was. Not Blue Shadow Virus. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry. But... Um, um, the was it a worm or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then we got, what's what's episode 14, William? And then, of course, War Mantle. That's the one I think I am most excited about so far. It's a uh, cool title. Yeah. You know. And we'll, oh, go ahead. You know they're going to deal with. The, that's probably where we see the formation of the, or the, the end of the Clone Trooper program. And the beginning of the stormtrooper program. Yeah. And and we know at this point, if they release any kind of synopsis, they're all going to be as vague as everything before it. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a lot of good stuff happening. It's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan for sure. Yep. Sean, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Sean. This is so much fun. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. As always. Uh, do you want to tell where us, uh, our listeners where people can read more of your fantastic content? Well, where my can work you? can be found over at uh, CNET.com, and you can find me on Twitter at SpectacularSean. Nice. And yeah, you've been, uh, for those of you Marvel fans, you've been doing a bunch of uh, interviews and recaps of the Marvel shows uh, recently as yeah. well. Yeah, cool. and there's, there's some Black Widow content coming up. Um this week because that movie is out on friday awesome it's exciting uh and with that uh, as i said we'll be off for a couple weeks but uh don't worry we'll be back with our reviews of all the episodes we missed so we will uh we'll be back in uh around the end of june uh, yeah, roughly june 30th july. yeah end of july sorry june july. roughly july yeah. 30th what am i did i say <laughs> i think okay. i said it's i think okay. i said june 30th as well earlier it's july 30th yeah uh, roughly is... no you didn't mean june i thought we were talking about june 30th next year william oh but yeah exactly. is that not right no. Oh, no, no, no 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 we can't be gone for that long no 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 we'll be back at the end of the month anyway uh, well, Sean, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, and thanks, Sean. We'll be back in a few weeks. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Yeah, Bye. I'm just, I'm really glad we were able to find some common ground to talk about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we almost almost Actually, had the same the same score. Right? We definitely found some common ground here. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, IonCannonCast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. 
to email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.